When God's people cry out to Him in pain, how does God respond? Hey, this is Shariat Bible Project. In today's reflection, we're exploring the ancient Exodus story where we discover God's response to the oppressed and hurting. Listen in. Hi, this is Carissa at Bible Project, and today we are taking a look at the book of Exodus, the first half of the book, chapters 1 through 18. In the book of Exodus, we find Abraham's family having grown incredibly numerous, just as God had promised him in Genesis. But they're also in Egypt, enslaved and oppressed by the Egyptian leaders. The leaders are threatened by how numerous the Israelites have become, so out of fear they intentionally oppress them. The text says, making their lives bitter with forced labor, working them ruthlessly. Out of fear, the Pharaoh commands that any baby boy who's born is to be immediately taken from his mother and killed. And when that doesn't work, he commands that they be thrown in the river and drowned. This is a brutal setting, one that's hard to really take in. And Yahweh was affected too, grieved by the suffering of his people. So he responds to this brutality by powerfully delivering Israel out of Egypt, a story that has come to be known as the Israelite Exodus. Exodus, also the name of the book, is a word that just means a going out or a departure. In the biblical story, it describes the Israelites' exit from Egypt, but the biblical exodus is more than just an exit or departure. It also involves the powerful acts of God's justice against evil. The biblical exodus is about God's deliverance, his rescue, and his redemption. There are certain stories throughout history that people groups hold dear, stories that form the identities of people and nations and entire religious groups. The Exodus is one such story. It shapes the way we understand who God is, and this is important because how we view God and how we think God views us plays a really important role in shaping our own identities. The story of the Exodus is a story that intends to convey some really significant things about God's character. For example, that God is a deliverer, that he responds to his people's cries, that God is faithful to his promise, and that he wants all nations to know that he is God. One of the main messages of the Exodus story is that Yahweh is a God who cares about and delivers the oppressed. He's a God who hears the cries of the oppressed and responds. In Exodus 3, there's the well-known story about God appearing to Moses in flames of fire that don't consume the bush they burn. This strange sight gets Moses' attention, and he goes to check it out. By the way, he's at Mount Horeb, which is another name for Mount Sinai. This is where God will appear later to him in smoke and fire and make a covenant with the people. Here in this story, it's called the Mountain of God. It's one of these special places that's like a gateway between heaven and earth, where God's presence is experienced in a tangible way. This is why God says that this is holy ground. So what's the message that God wants to communicate to Moses in this holy place? He says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I've seen the misery of my people in Egypt. 
I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. God hears the cries of the oppressed. He sees their suffering. He's empathetic toward their misery. And he's not just empathetic in emotion, but he responds with action. In this case, the action is the deliverance of the oppressed. And did you notice that he started off by saying, I'm the God of your fathers? He's not just introducing himself. He's referring to the covenant promise that he made with Abraham and his family. In Genesis 12, God had promised Abraham that he would bless him, make his family incredibly numerous, provide a place for them, protect them, and that all nations would be blessed through Abraham's family. In Genesis 15, God reiterates his promise to Abraham, adding that even though his family will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years, Yahweh will be faithful to them and deliver them. So when God says to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I've heard the cries of my enslaved people, he's saying that he's going to be faithful to his promise to deliver them, that despite the suffering they're experiencing, they can trust him to care and to act. A few chapters later, in Exodus 6-6, God says that he's going to do this in a mighty and powerful way. He tells Moses to say to the Israelites, I am Yahweh, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Then he says, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. God is promising to dwell among his people as their God, just as he did among humanity in the garden. So after describing this deliverance, God says to Moses, Then you will know that I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Something really fascinating in the book of Exodus is how often God expresses that his motivation for doing mighty and powerful acts is so that he would be known. This phrase, then you or they will know that I am Yahweh, occurs ten times in the book. Five times it refers to the Israelites experiencing and knowing Yahweh, and five times to the Egyptians experiencing and knowing Yahweh. God wants the nations to see that he is the one true God, and part of this recognition comes by his care for and deliverance of the oppressed. The Exodus becomes a really important and identity-forming moment for God's people, both in the story of the Bible and for contemporary readers. In the story of the Bible, you'll see the pattern of God's deliverance of his people, often through water or other deathly imagery, and then that they come out the other side into new life. The story of the Exodus also creates momentum forward toward God dwelling among his people in his special place. So as we read on, we can continue to watch how that storyline develops. And for us as readers, the Exodus is a story that reminds us that God is faithful. He can be trusted, that he cares, and he grieves when we suffer. It can shape our view of God as a deliverer and a rescuer, one who acts on behalf of the hurting and the oppressed. Exodus 3, 1-8 Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. 
So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Exodus 3, 1-8 Okay, now let's review. The Exodus story shows us how God is faithful to act on behalf of the hurting and the oppressed. He grieves when we suffer and can be trusted to respond with compassion. Let's reflect on this. I have three questions for you to consider today. Listen closely and feel free to pause if you'd like more time. Okay, here's our first question. How has God met you in the midst of your past suffering? Here's our next question. Where do you currently sense a need for God's rescue in your life? All right, now here's our last question. How does God want to work through you to support others who are hurting this week? Thanks for joining us for today's reflection. If you'd like to go deeper, visit bibleproject.com study. There you'll find some Bible study questions that will lead you to discover some fascinating design patterns from today's teaching. Go check them out. Again, it's bibleproject.com study. All right, in closing, let's pray. Father God, you are rescuer, redeemer, and deliverer. You see each listener right now. You know the difficulties they are facing and you understand exactly where they need help and encouragement today. So we bring all those areas of pain and need to you right now and ask that you would be all that you are right where each listener is suffering, powerfully rescue and deliver. And God, please give us each renewed courage, wisdom, and creativity to join you in advocating for the oppressed. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's show production and scripture reading was by Dan Gummel. Today's message was by Chris Aquin. Show notes by Lindsay Ponder. Our theme music by Grant William Harold. Background music by Reuben Y. Cottingham. And I'm Shree Hayes, your host. If you enjoyed this new show, please take a minute to leave a review. Your reviews help others find the podcast. We read each and every one, and we love hearing from you. Do you want to read through the entire Bible this year? This podcast is following our one-year Bible reading plan titled, One Story That Leads to Jesus. You can find it on our website at bibleproject.com slash one story. Bible Project is a crowdfunded nonprofit located in Portland, Oregon. We provide free resources so we can all experience the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus. It's free because of the generosity of people from all around the world just like you. Thank you.